If you've been to a few meetings, you've probably heard us say, take what you like and leave the rest. Why do we say this and what does it mean to you? Welcome to episode 393 of The Recovery Show. This episode is brought to you by Michelle, Anka, Ted, Margaret, Tamlin, David, and Nora. They use the donation button on our website. Thank you, Michelle, Anka, Ted, Margaret, Tamlin, David, and Nora for your generous contributions. This episode is for you and, of course, for everybody else listening. We are friends and family members of alcoholics and addicts who have found a path to serenity and happiness. We who live or have lived with the seemingly hopeless problem of addiction understand as perhaps few others can. So much depends on our own attitudes, and we believe that changed attitudes can aid recovery. Before we begin, we would like to state that in this show we represent ourselves rather than any 12-step program. During this show, we will share our own experiences. The opinions expressed here are strictly those of the person who gave them. Take what you like and leave the rest. We hope that you'll find something in our sharing that speaks to your life. My name is Spencer. I will be your host today. And joining me today is Holly. Welcome to The Recovery Show, Holly. Hi, Spencer. It's great to be here. I asked you to bring a reading. I picked a reading that spoke to me a lot when I first came in. It's April the 26th, page 117 on Courage to Change. The most important words many of us hear when we first come to Al-Anon are take what you like and leave the rest. Everything about our program is suggested, not required. This gives us the freedom to pick and choose. If we disagree with something, we don't have to use it. If we are not ready to use a step, slogan or tool, we are free to wait. Many of us need time to come to terms with the spiritual nature of the Al-Anon program. If we were required to believe in a higher power in order to participate in Al-Anon, we might never have continued to attend meetings. Eventually, many of us do come to believe in a higher power because we are free to come to our own understanding in our own time. That way, whatever we learn will have meaning for us. When we take what we like and leave the rest, we give ourselves permission to challenge new ideas, to make decisions for ourselves, and even to change our minds. Thank you. The place that I think most of us have probably heard this sentence, take what you like and leave the rest, is in the suggested Al-Anon closing, which is read at the end of a lot of meetings. It says, in closing, I would like to say that the opinions expressed here were strictly those of the person who gave them, take what you liked and leave the rest. I think in the reading, we heard a number of reasons why we say that. What comes to your mind first? I think it it gives us an amount of freedom. I think what I found when I came to the program was definitely for my first meeting, that was what I heard at the end. And a lady had come to me and said, into my messages on the meeting and said, stick with it, keep coming back. And I'll be honest, when I heard all the God talk at the beginning, I think I probably would have just left it all behind and not come back had she not have reached out to me. And yeah, she just put in the thing, take what you like and leave the rest. And then I got the Courage to Change book first. And when I read that page, it was just like, oh, I get it. It doesn't mean I dump the things I don't like and just forget them. It just means I can move ahead and keep picking up the bits that I need. Yeah. I don't remember from my early meetings that being said. I'm sure it was. And the meeting I started going to definitely opened and closed with the suggested words. but. I probably did hear it, but the reason why we say that, obviously, is, and it comes right after 
The opinions expressed here were strictly those of the person who gave them, which, by the way, is also true of this podcast. Somebody might say something that I completely disagree with. Yeah. You mentioned the, the God talk that happens. And I have to say, one of the things I think that held me back from coming to a 12-step meeting was those steps with the word God in them. Because mm -hmm. yeah. I was like, you're not going to shove your religion down my throat. Yeah. So take what you liked and leave the rest in that context. It means when you say God, I don't have to take that in the way that you mean it. I don't even know how you mean it, really. If I had, and I did, have some sort of negative feeling about God, and, and in particular the sort of concept of God that had been forefront for me growing up and from society was not one that I agreed with. And until I came to understand that in this program, I can form my own concept of a power greater than myself, and I can choose to call it that power God or not. I really needed the freedom to leave that aside for the moment. That reading has so much in it, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah, it's a fantastic reading. And yeah, when I was looking over what was important to me in recovery, I was trying to think of something that sort of encompassed it all. And I, I think this probably explains it. For me, for the first at least sort of month, I couldn't understand that there was a power greater than myself. Not that I thought I was the greatest power in the universe. I was very, very sure I was doing something wrong, but I just couldn't get it. But now I get that. So I can pick that up and that's okay. I can work with that. And I have a higher power now. And I do believe that there's somebody out there taking care of me and, you know, watching over me. And I, I do have that now. But the ability to not have to do that is the reason that keeps me coming back. That It's the reason I can pick up something that I find great one day and terrible the next. And that's why I like, I like that there can be people in those rooms that say things and I just think, wow, I don't, I'm not sure about that. I don't believe that or, but I don't have to listen to that. I can just choose to ignore it or choose to interpret it in the way that means something to me. So I'm starting to pick out the bits that I really like. And that's difficult for me because I really have never done that. I have not been that human being. Now, the bits that I think, actually, that's a nice bit, but it could be better. It could be, not better, but it could be worked on to be developed to be something that's for me instead of working for everybody else, if that makes sense. I hadn't thought about it in that way, that this also gives me permission to take the parts of me that I like, and I guess I can't leave the parts of me that I don't like, but I, maybe no. I can stop obsessing on them or something. Yeah, And when we get later in the steps and we look at steps six and seven, that to a large extent is the action in step six of being ready to have our shortcomings or defects of character, or whatever it says in that step, removed. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not there yet. I'm still on step two, but I do take other things from those as well. But yeah, I can just leave the bits that I don't like for now, start trying to work on them or flipping them into something positive or changing around a bit and mm -hmm. it doesn't all have to be set in stone i think somebody said i'm not a tree i can move and i didn't understand that i didn't understand that before it was a sort of a light bulb moment for me when somebody was like you have your own free will and you don't have to stay in a place that you 
we're in out of obligations anymore. Absolutely. And that is, I guess that's in the last sentence of the reading too. When we take what we like and leave the rest, we give ourselves permission even to change our minds, even to start to change ourselves. Yeah. And that's what made a big difference to me. Yeah. For me, most of those steps were things that I was not ready to take. When I first came into Al-Anon, I know that I had at least a moment in which I intuitively knew and felt the power of my powerlessness, if that makes sense. Yes. Yeah, it does make sense. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) That's what brought me to Al-Anon was recognizing, really recognizing in a moment my powerlessness and that that powerlessness gave me permission to stop trying to do something I couldn't do. Then in the next moment, it was like, okay, what about me? What now? And that's what, that was what brought me to the program. But I certainly wasn't ready for a power greater than myself to give over my will and my life (laughs) to the care of that power to do an inventory and then share everything that was wrong with me with somebody else and to Make amends? No. no. I get that. I, yeah, yeah. It's a lot, isn't it? It's a lot. It's um, a lot. It is. I feel like it was an epiphany for me coming in. Uh-huh. And I know that's a really large word. It's a good word. <laughs> but, but I was trying to explain to someone why I came here, what got me through the doors. And I wasn't trying to change the alcoholic. I'd heard about the program before years and years ago. I was still with my qualifier at least 12 years ago. And I'd looked into it then. And... I think I literally, that's what it was. I knew that there was, I had to drop some things that I was doing because I just, I couldn't do things the way I was still doing them. It wasn't difficult for me to believe actually once somebody explained to me that it was me that could change, that I could do that. I think my problem is that I want to pick it all up at once and take it with me. Mm. Uh, So hearing that I could take bits and really Somebody said to me, anything you want to understand better, you read really slowly. So you take what you like and leave the rest. And it was like, oh, this is giving me sort of the green light to go ahead and do exactly what I want to do and stop juggling all the balls in the air, you know, because it wasn't working. I couldn't keep those balls in the air anymore. In this program now, I don't have to do that. I can just look at one thing. It doesn't have to be, oh, I'm on step 12 now. I've done it in three weeks. This is fantastic. I'm better now. It can evolve over time, which is good for me. When I came to the program, I was just, I think, maybe hoping that I could find some kind of relief here. I certainly didn't have any expectation of the dramatic changes that would occur in my life as a result of working this program. It just was, wow, I'm miserable. I've been miserable for a long time. Maybe this Al-Anon thing will help me. I don't know how. (laughs) Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I just came because I didn't 
know what else to do. I didn't have an alternative at that point. And I thought, I'll give it a try. I'll give it an hour. And if I don't like it, then I'll leave. Exactly, yeah. If even my thought was that coherent, I don't know that it was. (laughs) No. I came to my first meeting. People talked. I said something. I cried. But at the end of that hour, I felt a little better. I felt some relief. But most importantly, what happened in that hour was that I knew I was no longer alone in my struggle. Yeah. That there were other people who had been where I was, who maybe still were where I was, except they weren't so miserable, that they accepted me. And that was enough to get me to come back. And I wasn't thinking about 12 steps, which I recall that meeting read the 12 steps at the beginning of every meeting. They read the description of the tradition of the month. I think all of that went whoosh right over the top of my head. I left it because that feeling of acceptance, that feeling of not being alone, that feeling of being in a place where maybe I could talk about all of the things that were on my heart that were weighing me down. Maybe I could actually open up there because for me, I had not been able to talk about what was going on to anybody, not to family, not to friends. I didn't have a therapist. Maybe that would have helped. Who knows? But I was so isolated. And to be no longer isolated was all I needed at that first meeting. And so if I heard them say, take what you like and leave the rest, I said, I'll take this connection. I'll take this not being alone anymore. And that's all I need to take. That definitely was all I needed to take. So I came back and I came back. And as I came back and came back, I started to hear some of the message of how recovery through the 12 steps in Al-Anon was working in other people's lives. And I started to take with me the idea that I want that. I want what you have. I want what you're expressing. You, over there in that chair, you're still living with active alcoholism, and you're not batshit crazy. (laughs) And I am, okay? It took me a while to recognize my batshit crazy, but it was there. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah. My rage and my inability to sleep at night or to wake up in the middle of the night and not be able to get back to sleep. And just all this stuff that I had no way of myself to do anything about. So I started to hear that message. And when I started to say, I want what these people have, then I had to ask, how did you get it? Yeah, exactly. Which is, I talked about the power of story a couple of episodes ago. That when I hear your story of recovery, then I can ask, what did you do? What worked for you? And I can decide whether to take that idea for myself. And it's so wonderful that there are so many people in this program, in different meetings that have different experiences and different ways of understanding the principles of the program and different ways of working the steps. And I can say what you just said that 
feels like it would really work for me. And I can take that. And I can look at another person and say, I don't really connect with what you said. So I'm going to leave that for now. And maybe, maybe later, I'll totally understand what you're saying. And I will connect with it. And I'll be able to take that and use it too. Yeah, yeah. What I heard, how did you do this? Well, come to meetings. Okay, I'm doing that. Read the literature. Oh, yes. I showed you my recovery bookshelf at the beginning before we (laughs) started recording. And there's a fair number of books there. I'm thinking in other life, I could have been a librarian. I want to have all the books, right? Yeah. But having the books and having that literature and being able to pick that up at any time. You know, back when I started in this program, podcasts weren't a thing. And so the only sort of meeting outside the meeting that I could have was the literature, which was good. I had the book, How Al-Anon Works. That was the first one that I picked up. And it's got all these stories in the back. And some of those stories I connected with and some of them I didn't. And that was okay. But they all gave me a little bit of hope. So read yeah. the literature. Get a sponsor. What get a sponsor? What does that mean? What what's a sponsor? Luckily, I think maybe I'd been in the program about a month. I don't know. I was at the point where I was really starting to listen to what people were saying in meetings and trying to take it in. And I think there was a meeting where the topic was about sponsorship. And so mm-hmm. I was like, oh. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. I think I could do that. And so I asked another person in the meeting to be my sponsor, and that person said yes. Uh, so now, hey, I have a sponsor. I don't know what to do with a sponsor, but I have one. And, and, you know, that person, my sponsor, was very helpful at times when I was just struggling with something. And then the last thing was, and work the steps. What does that mean? How would I do it? I think I knew that I didn't want to try to do it alone. What happened was a group of us, and somebody might have talked about doing it this way, and so I said, oh, that sounds like a great idea. I wanted to take that. A group of us, eight people from, I think, a couple of different meetings, formed a small group, which we called an AWOL group, stands for A Way of Life, A Way of Living with the purpose of working the steps together, using the structure found in one of our conference-approved literature books, the, the book Paths to Recovery, which has reading about each step and then a set of questions to, as the words in the book say, work the step. So we did that. We met once a week for a couple of years, working through those questions in the group. Sometimes somebody in the group would answer a question in some way that didn't connect with me, and that was okay. And sometimes totally connected. I still have the journals in which I wrote out my answers to the questions, then took notes during our meeting. And sometimes there's some really long marginal notes where somebody said something, and I was like, oh, that makes sense. (laughs) So I've been Uh talking here for a while about how I came into taking a little bit of the program, taking a little bit more of the program, and then taking the steps one at a time in order, not worrying about the next step necessarily while I was still working on, you know, let's not worry about five while you're working on four. Yeah, yeah. Right? So how have you 
used this idea of taking what you like and leaving the rest? I think it's probably been one of the most important things for me in my recovery. I use it actually a lot in my work life now. I used to get really personally wounded and offended when anybody said anything bad about my work because it was my work and they were upsetting me and offending me and they didn't like me and that would be a terrible thing and I'm sure it's many hang-ups from years ago. Suddenly now I can sit back and we had a meeting the other day and somebody questioned something I was doing and I would have really found that personally offensive before but actually now I just I leave that it isn't a personal comment on me they're making a comment and I can take it or leave it because it's my project ultimately they can comment and give me input and sometimes that really works for me and I take it and sometimes their input isn't what fits for me and what works in that project so I just move past it I was talking to my sponsor. I did pick up a sponsor quite early on. And I was talking to my sponsor about this the other day and saying, I felt really stagnant in my recovery in terms of my personal situation. And she just said, give me some examples of things that have happened this week and we'll talk through what you've been doing. And I mentioned this because I was really proud of it. And she's like, yeah, that's it. That's working it and taking it in your life. And it, it might not always be where you want it to be. And that's the same thing. You can take the program and work it in bits of your life that you need to. Sometimes, definitely for me in early recovery, I don't always know when I'm using the program. But then when I have a chat with my sponsor, I realize, oh, yeah, actually, I'm doing a lot better than I feel like I'm doing. And and I sometimes sit down and think, this is a time to take what you like and leave the rest. Take the credit and leave the negative thinking that you used to have behind. Because it's important to be able to be critical, I think, sometimes. But it's slowly starting to recognize the difference and realize that my inner critic isn't always there. Isn't always right? No, exactly. I've lost my intuition, I think, through years of stuffing things away. And I've not listened to it for a very long time. My sponsor said, you've lost it, you don't know how to listen to it, and you don't know how to hear it anymore. That is something that you need to pick up. You've left it behind for so long and thought that your way was the only way. It's bringing it slowly back into your life, and that little voice is your higher power, or it can be different things, but it's there and sort of picking that up. I found that quite good. I think this sort of phrase sums it all up, doesn't it? (laughs) You can just pick everything up and leave it. It's fantastic. I love it. Sometimes I think I do that unconsciously. You have maybe had this experience. I know I've had this experience a number of times where in one of my meetings, it's a step meeting. So we do step one and then step two and step three. And we get to the end of 12 weeks, we go back around to step one. Unless we get a newcomer, in which case we always do step one for a newcomer. And we open the meeting by reading the description of that step from one of the Al-Anon books. After having gone to that meeting for nigh on a decade, I've heard those readings many times. Let's see, so 12 weeks, that's going to happen four and a half times in a year. 10 years, so I've heard each of those readings over 40 times probably. (laughs) You would think 
I would have it memorized after that long. What surprises me, or it doesn't surprise me anymore because it happens so often, is that suddenly a new sentence appears in the reading that I've never seen before. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That happens to me a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Like, when did they add this to this book that I've been holding on to for 20 years? (laughs) Yeah, I get that a lot. And I've only had this for six months and it's still pretty bad. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and you're right. Sometimes it's someone reading it to you that gives you that, oh, you can take a step back and think, oh, that's what it means. Naturally, sometimes it means different things to me. hear it one way and that week it makes sense. And then the next week I might hear it again in a different meeting because we do a lot of step one in January. And I go to a few different meetings, so I hear a lot of different things. And, yeah, different people saying the same things can mean different. And it's a different day, a different situation. I might feel different. I might have been doing some of my own step work that week because I'm working my steps with my sponsor. And, yeah, it's just it's great to to hear things in different ways at different times. This is, for me, a perfect example where, I didn't need that particular sentence or that particular paragraph until today. And that's why I heard it differently today or thought I heard it for the first time today. I had left it and today I'm taking it. That happened to me this morning. I was in a meeting and we were talking about tradition one. We had gone around the virtual table because it was a Zoom meeting and everybody had shared their understanding for today related to the reading about Tradition 1. And then we had some time left, and so, as we often do, in the book we're using, the Past Recovery book, there's a section in each chapter of member shares. And so we started reading those, and somebody was reading one of the paragraphs, and this sentence jumped out at me. And I underlined it. I've had this book, as I said, for going on 20 years, maybe more than that. I've gone through the traditions a few times, not as many as the steps. Today, I wanted to take that sentence. I wanted to take that sentence that Elanon taught me that I don't always have to win or lose. Sometimes I can just participate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that was, I think, probably relevant to some things happening in my life right now, which is why it jumped out at me and why I decided to underline it today, which I hadn't done before. Yeah. No, I've jotted that down. It's a big one, is that one? Yeah. And I'm constantly telling telling my small children, it's not about winning. Come on. <laughs> Just enjoy the game. Yeah. Again, from the reading and courage to change, we are free to come to our own understanding in our own time. That way, whatever we learn will have meaning for us. So that sentence had yeah. meaning for me today. And I probably need to sit on that and maybe do a little bit of meditation on that. Like, why did that one suddenly jump out for me today? Yes. Yeah, I'm definitely getting used to unpicking things, I think we call it. Unpicking, you know, somebody saying something, somebody giving a sentence like that, and it's like a loaded sentence. And then thinking, oh, why does that matter? Why is it important? And I really don't, I really haven't done self-reflection so it's a new skill huh yeah but it's fascinating somebody said it to me at work and i was like what do you mean unpick it why did you use that terminology or that phrase it's like i don't know and yeah and that's why i think because you hear it when it's meaningful to you 
Uh, but what I'm learning in the program is that it's really important to understand why it's important. If that makes sense, you need to know why it's talking to you. You're right in what you're saying. Why was why suddenly today has that been yeah. important? I remember talking to a program friend a while ago, and she said, yeah, so this thing happened, and I reacted in this way. And so then I did step four on it. And I was like, what does that mean? Because I had never thought about I probably had heard about, but wasn't ready to hear it, yeah. that I can take and I can use the practice of step four, the inventory practice, on any situation in my life where things didn't go the way that I thought they should go. I got angry. Mm -hmm. Somebody else got angry. Something, who knows, it was a fight. Or I just didn't feel right about it. I can use that process of what happened how was I affected by it? How did I respond? Some of those questions that that I learned to ask when I was doing the full step four inventory, I can use those. And that is, that's a, such a powerful tool. But I never yeah, would have thought of that. I was 10 years in the program when I heard her say that, and that was a new concept to me. <laughs> that's the beauty of it i think and that's i think what keeps people coming back isn't it that there's always something to learn yeah I, somebody said to me everybody has or, or there is a quote or something in the universe that says everybody has something to teach you and i think that's really important yes when i was new i found it really difficult to listen to people i could hear them but i wasn't listening to them it made a difference just opening my ears and being present, and yeah, it was a big change for me. I often like to ask, as we're closing down our conversation, what you would say to somebody new in the program about our topic of discussion. I feel like a whole lot of our topic of discussion was when I was new in the program, when you were new in the program, how yeah. we were really grateful to be able to take what we liked and leave the rest yeah, absolutely. I think it kind of speaks for itself, actually. I think remembering to tell newcomers, listen to this. It doesn't mean you have to do all of these things and suddenly embrace this whole concept. Yeah. It might take you a couple of weeks. It might take you a couple of years. It might take you 50 years. And inevitably, it will be a lifelong progress uh, process. So, yeah, it almost speaks for itself. That's sort of the flip side of take what you like and leave the rest, which is even if you don't like what somebody is saying, it's worth listening to because it might be meaningful to you later. Or it might help you to formulate your own understanding of whatever topic is being discussed at the moment. Absolutely. No, I don't agree with that, which means that I do have this understanding yeah. right now. That makes perfect sense. And I think that's what I just instill upon the newcomers. You know, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. You can just do what you need to do to get you through. It was what brought me back that understanding that I didn't have to make all the decisions in one day, that it was going to take time and work. And that was okay. Thanks. You chose the. Today's reminder and quote from that same reading, April 26th, Encouraged to Change, yes. as a closing statement, I guess. 
Because I am able to use whatever I find helpful and leave the rest, I can benefit from the experience, strength, and hope of others and still follow my own heart. The quote from In All Our Affairs, with the help of this program and my higher power, I can take charge of fashioning, shaping, choosing what kind of life I will have. Yeah. After a short break, we will continue with our lives in recovery, where we talk about how recovery is working in our daily lives and perhaps in our meetings. I also ask you to pick some songs. Tell us what the first one is that you picked. So the first one is by Queen, and it's called Keep Yourself Alive. I like obscure music (laughs) and things that aren't necessarily in the mainstream sometimes. It reminds me just to, to live things in the now and Stop trying to future-proof myself, essentially. It says, and now that they say your folks are telling you, be a superstar, but I tell you, just be satisfied. Stay right where you are. Keep yourself alive. Yeah, keep yourself alive. It'll take all your time and money. Honey, you'll survive. Deep breath. I was listening to a podcast as I was walking my dog earlier this week, and the person was talking about breath work and the different kinds of breaths and stuff. I always find taking a deep breath kind of relaxes me, resets me in some way. I have a friend who's a yoga instructor. And when we do the more relaxed yoga together, attention to my breathing, it's fascinating. It does help. I do need to learn how to breathe a bit more. I do life at a thousand miles an hour. (laughs) So taking a breath and slowing down a little bit as we move into the section of the podcast where we talk about our lives in recovery. How have we experienced recovery in the past week, whatever period? For me, as I said earlier, I was in a meeting this morning. We were talking about tradition one, which says... Our common welfare should come first. Personal progress for the greatest number depends upon unity. So this morning before the meeting, my wife and I got up and found ourselves in the kitchen preparing our morning stuff. I was going to make coffee, and she had to call the health insurance company for something. So she's on the phone. I'm making coffee, which involves measuring out the coffee beans and grinding them for the day because I'm that kind of person about coffee. I only get one cup a day. I want it to be the best cup it can be. So she's trying to talk to the voice menu, give her account number and stuff, and I start the coffee grinder. And she screams at me, like, what the heck? I don't remember what her exact words were, but basically she (laughs) said, I'm going to have to start over because I totally couldn't hear what was happening and he wrecked my call. I was like, yeah, I'm sorry. I was thinking about getting coffee because I know you want your coffee. I was trying to do something for you, and I screwed up what you were trying to do. (laughs) So then we're talking about this tradition, and I connected it. And I don't remember now exactly what part I connected to. It was something in the reading. One of the things that, that I do that helps me when we're studying traditions, which I've heard it said, the steps help me to live with myself. The traditions help me to live with other people. So when I look at the traditions, it's about getting along with other people. It's about doing the best we can to work together. 
in a family, we have some common purpose. We desire some kind of unity. After the event and after she called the insurance company back and I made coffee quietly, <laughs> she said to me, because we're thinking about retirement, I'm planning to retire sometime in 2023. I don't have a date because I want to retire when I complete a particular project. So hopefully that will happen this year. <laughs> but she said to me, before we both retire, we need to work on how to not squabble like that. <laughs> yeah. Because squabble breaks the unity, which prevents us from making our personal progress and our, our progress together. We've only been together since 1980. You'd think we would have learned how to get along. <laughs> We've both been in recovery since the early to mid-2000s. That has helped a lot. Yeah. But that was a thing to me, you know, okay, I think I'm going to need to take this and I'm going to need to meditate on it a little bit because, yeah, it's going to happen. And obviously there's something going on in me that is like, oh, my stuff's more important than your stuff. Or, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that never happens, right? No, we're always um, perfect. <laughs> yeah. So some inventory work and so on there I think is in order. So that's what came to my mind when I was thinking about how recovery, how my experience of recovery this week. And as I said at the end of my share in the meeting, I said, that's what I've got, a bunch of questions, no answers. Sometimes that's where we are. How about you? Yeah, my home group's on a Tuesday. And we had a really good share from someone about their personal progress on their first birthday of recovery. Mm -hmm. and it was fantastic what I took from it was that where you come in expect all expectations fly out of the window and you hear it a lot but I don't know that I've heard it and taken it in before and where that person expected to be isn't where they are right now and actually better than they thought they would be it's good to remember those things as well as the difficult things yeah, and also I've never wanted to be the person who picks up a phone and speaks to people. Speaking to people is really out of my comfort zone in general. <laughs> and I was having a really difficult mental headspace this week. And I just didn't know how to overcome it. If you ask me to put my finger on it, I really can't tell you what it was. But I messaged my sponsor and said, is there a way you can fit me in this week? I'm having one of those weeks and I need someone to reason things out with. That for me is probably the first time I've done that in program, really reached out for someone to help me sort something out other than in meetings. So it was kind of a big wish for me progress wise. <laughs> and it really helped. And it's good to know that it does make a difference. I've really started trying to journal things as the day goes on now as well, because I often forget things that are important by the end of the day. I'm just picking up lots of new things to do that, that are helping me progress. So taking a, an inventory at the end of the day, I find really helpful now, even though I'm not there yet in terms of working the steps. It's a good way of not stacking it all up until I get there. <laughs> and it just takes a little bit of stuff off my mind. It's what started out as an absolutely horrific week. And I thought I was just, I was pulling my hair out as much as I do. I'm sure I looked like a calm, serene swan on the outside as I usually do. But today I feel good. 
and I feel stronger in my recovery now. And that's a good thing for me. And doing this made me focus on more of the things that were important and brought my focus back into sort of the progress. And yeah, it was really useful for me. All right. Thank you. I have some conversations upcoming with several other people on the topics of their choosing, which I don't necessarily know what they are right now. But there is an episode that I'm putting together from your shares about what valuable lesson did you learn in 2022? So just think back over 2022 and maybe something pops for you that, oh, wow, yeah, I totally learned that and it was really helpful. We welcome your thoughts, your sharing. You can join our conversation here and please leave a voicemail or send us an email with your feedback or questions. And Holly, how can people do that? You can call and leave us a voicemail at 734-707-8795. And can I just interject for a moment? You can't call that number directly like that. You would have to put a plus one on the front of it, right? Yeah, absolutely. I can't personally call that number. It would have to have an international dialing code for anybody who's outside the US of A. Yes. Indeed. Or you can call right now to 734-707. 8795. You can use the voicemail button on the website to join the conversation from your computer. You can also send a voice memo or email to feedback at the recovery.show. We love to hear from you, share your experience, strength, and hope, or questions about today's topic of take what you like and leave the rest, or any of our upcoming topics, including what valuable lessons did you learn from 2022? If you have a topic you'd like us to talk about, let us know. If you would like advance notice for some of our topics so that you can contribute to that topic, you can sign up for our mailing list by sending an email to feedback at show. Put email in the subject line to make it easier to spot. And our website is, as you might have guessed, therecovery.show, where we have all the information about The Recovery Show. We have notes for each episode. That's mostly what we have there, which include links to the books in case you want to buy the book or just remember what it was without going back and listening again. Videos for the music, and there are also some links to other recovery podcasts and websites that we like. We're now going to take a short break before your feedback, and what is our second musical selection? So my next selection is Blackbird by the Beatles. The lyrics that I picked out from the song were Blackbird singing in the dead of night, take these broken wings and learn to fly. All your life, you were only waiting for this moment to arise. And it just gives me a reminder that even broken things can be fixed. It's a really simple, beautiful song. So even though it's not majestic, it's beautiful and speaks volumes to me. Now it's time to hear your voice, your Share your contributions, your stories. Start with a voicemail from an anonymous listener. Hey, so my question is I'm dealing with codependency as far as the family member. And the main topic is communication and always feeling obligated to respond to text messages with the person that you're codependent with. And I think I'm at the stage where 
I'm releasing this expectation that I always have to reply in the moment or communicate on the spot without having to feel guilty. That's kind of what I have on my, um, how do you accept and move on? I connect with this feeling of feeling obligated to respond to messages. My problem these days is feeling resistance to responding to text messages. It sounds like you're making some progress here. And you say, how do you accept and move on? I guess for me, it's about boundaries. It's about setting boundaries. And we've had a few episodes about boundaries. You can go to therecovery.show slash search and type in boundaries. You will get some episodes there about setting boundaries and recognizing that boundaries are really good for a healthy relationship. They help to make a relationship healthier when you have good boundaries. So that's my thoughts on this right now. Thanks for calling. We have another voicemail from a listener who is remaining anonymous, sharing a story with us. Hey, thanks, sir. I love your show. I've been listening to it for a while, and it's perfect for me. I drive a lot, and I really enjoy your story about recovery. And I have a story. So this is the mission to your Alice story podcast that I'm listening to today. When I was growing up, I wanted to be discovered. My big sister and I were both raped in the home with active addiction and thought that everything was very normal until we became adult and discovered Alanon. And we wanted to be discovered. And we heard the story about Lana Turner, how she was discovered at 16 in a cafe. She skipped class and was having a toast and some important person walked into the store and said, oh, you're beautiful. You have a face that's gorgeous. And she was discovered and that began her career. And that was a fantasy that I had was to be discovered. I was put my hope and my trust in other people discovering the magic in me instead of cultivating the magic in me and seeking what the plan for my life is and engaging in a relationship with my higher power that I understand and I know and love instead of what other people think my life should be like. So it's taken me many years to figure this out. And I just had this revelation last May. I've had a dream to go back to school. I want a college degree. I have not had one and have worked in low-paying positions because of that for the last 19 years. I didn't feel like I had natural intelligence. I was able to quit my full-time job last May and go back to school. And I did it. One of my biggest fears was taking a math class and chemistry. And I did it and I passed with a B, which is amazing. So I am continuing on my education journey and I am applying for my Southwest program at the end of the month. And I just have so much hope and trust and faith in my higher power that he's planned for me. This was good. And I don't have to wait for other people to come and see greatness in me. I can 
acknowledge that in myself. I can give that opportunity to myself and encourage myself to grow in greatness. Essentially discovering my authenticity and who it is that I'm supposed to be and what gifts that I have. So I'm so thankful that now I get to choose who I pour my energy into. And today, that's me. So thank you for the program, and thank you for the topic. Thank you so much for that story and for sharing with us your journey of self-discovery. Mary wrote, I don't remember exactly how I found the recovery show, and thank God I did. It dots all the I's, crosses all the T's, and answers all the Y's. Four years later, I am in a much better place, living life on life terms, often experiencing pure joy, understanding, believing in myself, compassion, and so much more. God bless you, and thank you. Thank you, Mary. And I love this experiencing pure joy, understanding, believing in myself, compassion, and so much more. Yeah. Ted addresses his note to me and Eric. He says, I'm listening to your show daily. It has become a very important and sometimes very interesting part of my recovery. I struggle daily, but the Al-Anon program and the people and tools in it help to lessen that struggle every day. Episode 57 is my show for today. Face-to-face meetings, why are they important? Interesting how times change. I feel so lucky we can find meetings almost any time of any day. I love the in-person meetings, but I also love being able to join meetings all over the world. I joined Al-Anon in 2017 and found a sponsor within the first year. However, my home group is a small group with only one other male member. We have men come in from time to time, but none stay with any regularity. I never really had a connection that was great. He had a strong program, but his story was nothing close to mine. I'd finally arranged to start the steps in 2020 when the pandemic hit. He went silent and did not respond. He had a good reason, and I have no resentment. Now the real story. After a few months of working from home on Zoom meetings all day, my wife in the bedroom and me in the living room, we had a 25-year-old son with a mental episode. My wife called the police, and they determined they could not take him in, even though he asked his mother if she would like him to have someone take out Ted. She has two sons, and the alcoholic had truly threatened my life in 2018. We moved to our condo in Vancouver, and I started the slippery slope into a deep depression. I finally reached out to someone I had heard at a meeting I had been to a couple of times. God was working and made this connection. My wife is the one who suggested I go to Al-Anon. She's in another 12-step program. Part of my difficulty is the codependency of my wife and her children. She is also a medical professional and has devoted her life to helping those that cannot help themselves. The person I called is also a medical professional and has three children with much of the same addictions and mental illnesses as my wife's children. I've been meeting with him every week since. He has helped me tremendously. I'm doing the steps, and I'm closing in on the end of step four in the Blueprint for Progress. I have been listening to your podcast every day since I found it probably a year ago. I find your podcast an important part of my journey. I especially enjoy listening to the two of you. The main reason I am writing this is I have booked my ticket to the International Convention in Albuquerque and wondered if either of you would be there and interested in meeting while we are there. Thank you both for your service. You make a difference for so many people. Looking forward to hearing from you and the possibility of meeting you. Well, Ted, I know 
that I have paid for my admission to the international convention. I don't yet have a hotel room. I don't yet have plane tickets. I'm probably going to be living miles away from the convention site as a result. But I will be there. And yes, I'd love to meet actually with anybody who's interested. Although, obviously, I also want to go to workshops and stuff. So can't spend all the time meeting people. But yeah, part of the reason for going to a convention is the people, you know? So yeah. Krista sent us a voicemail. Hi, everyone. It's Krista from Nevada. And I just wanted to share a little bit about chaos. I just listened to one of your earlier episodes about chaos, and I could really relate to that thing about internal chaos. It looks like everything's fine on the outside. I have the professional degrees, certifications, licenses. My kid has grown, you know, remarried. We have everything we could want. And, you know, the whole time I had internal chaos. And for me, that feels like anxiety. It steadily increased over the years, but attending meetings really helps. Working my program really helps. And reaching out for support when I need it also really helps. So I love Al-Anon. Thank you all for doing what you're doing. And I hope everyone has a great week. Thanks. Thanks for that, Krista. And just for those of you who are like wanting to go hear that episode, it's number 45, which you can get to at therecovery.show slash 45. Denise left comments on a couple of very early episodes. Number one, boundaries. She writes, I very much appreciated this episode. My first episode to listen to was the most recent one. I'm ready to dive in and start from the beginning now, and this was great. The content was easy to resonate with. Thank you for this podcast. It's such a pivotal point in my life where I had no other choice but to join SNN and find a sponsor to save me from my own self-sabotaging. Blessings. And on episode two, powerlessness. After listening, I come to realize what an incredible relief powerlessness can be and should be welcomed as a gift from above, relieving me from the burden of controlling people and situations. What a true gift of freedom this can be. Blessings again. And thank you, Denise, for those words. I sometimes feel like we were just figuring out what to do for those episodes. But then I get a message like these and I say, no, we have to keep it there because clearly we gave value, even though the audio quality was not so good. Holly, thank you so much for suggesting this topic and for coming on the show to talk about it. And we're going to close with your last song selection, which is what? So my last song selection is Guardian by Alanis Morissette, which you can listen to at therecovery.show slash 393. And the lyrics that I picked for that one, I'll be your keeper for life as your guardian. I'll be your warrior of care, your first warden. I'll be your angel on call. I'll be your demand. The greatest honor of all as your guardian. You in the chaos, fading sane. You who has pushed beyond what's humane. It just reminds me that even though I struggled through loads of things, there's unknowingly in the mental chaos of my life, through the program and discovering my higher power, who's always watching over me as my guardian, I can get through things. Thank you. 
Thank you for listening. Please keep coming back. Whatever your problems, there are those among us who have had them too. If we did not talk about a problem you are facing today, feel free to contact us so we can talk about it in a future episode. May understanding, love, and peace grow in you one day at a time. <laughs>